Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Burger me up, burger me down, burger me all around town, flapjack. Welcome back to Bombing with Eric Andre, the podcast where I talk to friends, comedians, musicians, and others about their worst bombing moments on stage or in public. I mean, we've all been there. I talked to the burger scholar, George Motz, about his time bombing when he was in the New York music scene, and of course, juicy, delicious beef burgers. As always, please subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes every week, rated five stars, and on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to Big Money Players Diamond to get exclusive clips plus ad-free episodes weekly. Let's get into it. Bombing. Bombing with Eric Andre. How did you become the king of the burger, George? Uh, it was an accident. It was a complete fluke. What happened? I The short story was that I was looking for something to do in the documentary film world. I worked in television commercials, get a little bit bored, and I decided to start making a hamburger documentary. I, oh, so I chose you didn't go to like culinary school? Nope, or, nope. Oh, I thought you were like, uh, you went to Cordon Bleu University or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> you don't have to do that for hamburgers. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I made it up. I made the whole thing up myself 22 plus years ago. Wait, so were you looking for the best burger or you were trying to, what, what was the purpose I was of the just trying to find great hamburger stories. Why were you trying to find great hamburger stories? I, because I was, was trying to make a documentary no one had done before. No okay. one was talking about the hamburger 22 years ago at all. Okay. Nobody. People okay. were, th- hamburger was like a something fast food crap you ate at McDonald's or whatever. Right. Or it was something you made in, in your backyard. No restaurants were really serving great ones back then at oh, all. Oh, this like, this era of like the gourmet burger was is not non-existent. Yeah, it didn't exist. In, in, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just trying to tell stories about people who had hamburger restaurants. Uh-huh. Very simple, like slice of life stuff. Uh-huh. The stories about the hamburger as equally as it was about the people who were making them. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, fun, fun American stories. Uh-huh. And ended up it sort of snowballed into this weird, you know, 22 years later, here I am talking to you. Wait, wait. <laughs> so, and then you started making hamburgers yourself or dissecting them? Or yeah, what? I got to the point where I had told a ton of stories and my agent said, you should probably write a cookbook. You know a lot about burgers now. And I said, well, I don't really know how to make hamburgers, but you know a lot about them. So I said, okay, I know the histories. I, I would figure this out and yeah. I started making hamburgers Shit. and that was it I went I went on the new show whatever it was almost 10 years ago uh, to talk about hamburgers and they say what, what hamburger can you make in, in in four minutes and talk about it at the same time in front of a crowd of 200 people 
And I said, the Oklahoma fried onion burger. Yeah. And that was it. The brilliance is the simplicity. Yeah. I think Conan O'Brien always would say, if you overthink, you start to stink. And like as yeah. soon as you get too heady or intellectual, you lose the crowd. Art and creativity is primal. It's not intellectual. It's not for a fucking stuffy professor to break down. It has to speak to people's hearts yeah. and their organs. It doesn't have to speak to their intellect. It has to speak to all the, their whole body. Yeah. So I think like that's the brilliance of what you do. I love fucking hamburger. I'm craving a fucking hamburger. And hamburgers are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking delicious. We, we did a hamburger <laughs> shoot yesterday. And the first thing I could, I could think of when we were done with the shoot is I want another hamburger. <laughs> okay. What's the worst bomb? <laughs> you've ever experienced the worst failure in your career or not even in career it could be in a personal life kind That's of a good question kind I, of you know, a fall on your face moment or literally fall on my face uh i when i, I was in a band okay. in the 90s I, I had the greatest time i always said to myself if i could just be in a rock a rock star i'd be happy you yeah. know it, it would have killed me eventually yeah, yeah. But, it, but way back then i drank way too much i got really really hammered before i went on stage every single night it was like that was the thing what we was all your got drink drunk. whiskey whiskey and beer together and <laughs> and some other weed so it was a problem but i would get on stage and complete i was, I was in my own zone i, I must have sounded uh, to my mind i was i sounded great yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I was i was the guy in the band who was a little flashy and i would do these jumps i was a big fan of pete townsend and uh -huh. the who and i would try to get air uh -huh. and i would i was successful at timing air all the time uh -huh. and one time i literally went straight up in the air and came back on the drum kit and crushed the drum kit. And all I remember was being in the air and then looking up at the drummer saying to me, he looked at me and he says, what the fuck, Moats? <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard someone on the microphone say, we're going to take a short break and uh, rebuild the drum kit and get back here. Did you break your back? Did you fuck I, your I, back I, I was so fucked up. You were I, don't, hammered. I, don't, I was so hammered. I don't know what. I, don't, I, just, I think we took a break. <laughs> <laughs> we may have gone back. I think we may have gone back on stage like an hour later. Were you drinking straight whiskey or like cocktails? I, I was just I was just stupid drunk. There may have, I think there was a girl in the bar, Jameson out of the bottle kind of thing. You know, we were in a bar, so we were. I don't know. We were. I was just. I at that moment, I promised the band, and they were pretty pissed at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a big crowd and everything. I would never drink at work or on stage again. Uh, I haven't. So that's the good. Because <laughs> good. That's the good thing. Bummer. So I, I get drunk after work. <laughs> I don't get that. After that, yeah, I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah, do it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. you know what pairs nice with whiskey and uh, beer? Cocaine. <laughs> goes really well. You're talking about burger condiments? Right. That's a condiment that pairs get really some, nicely. Get some good, good air there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What about uh, just any documentary making failures oh. or any frustration? I can't imagine making docs because somebody told me, somebody ran a doc film festival. I was talking to at a coffee shop. They said the average doc takes seven years Oof. to make or something those like are that. like the pro the other pro <laughs> the spend a lot of time and have a lot of money to do that i never did that kind of stuff i just I, we spent i spent two years working on that my first hamburger documentary but yeah. that was just because i was i had, my, had a real job and i was doing the whole thing on my own yeah but i ran this thing for years and we still actually have it but the pandemic kind of killed it something called the food film festival you know i don't know if you know about no. the food. so no, no. what we do is we it's a it's a regular festival that takes submissions yeah but only food films yeah. and then we select films based on what themes we see and then we have nights that where you show a bunch of films about a certain type of food then you serve the food to the audience while they're sitting there yeah but little pieces of it little, little a tease like if that it's sounds a, amazing yeah if it's, when's if it's, that happening it's, well it usually happens every october where okay. we, we canceled the last couple of years because of the pandemic uh, we haven't had the guts to bring it back but it's a fantastic idea but we used to, we did it for years and we at our peak we were getting we were actually getting a proclamation from the mayor okay. <laughs> and we were at the tribeca cinemas before they tore it down unfortunately and uh, there's a kitchen there we were ready to go in the kitchen ready to go 
and the Ancel system went off. But you know, the the, uh, the the fire suppression system sends all this dust, white dust, on all of our food. And the mayor's the mayor's about to walk in. Now it's a three alarm fire. FDNY is in the house, oh, and we're trying to figure out how what, to what both. Why? Oh, just it was like it was electrical fire. So it was an actual fire. <laughs> actual fire. Smoke. It was only smoke. Uh, Tons of smoke in the building. We're trying to figure out how to get rid of the smoke, how to get rid of the FDNY before the mayor shows up to give us a proclamation. <laughs> oh, fuck. That sucks. <laughs> that was wild. That was We almost we almost lost everything at that moment. How but. did the... Uh, did you recover? Did we you recovered. serve any food? We, we did. We actually... Did we you have toss a, all the dusty food and we did. We start had all to. over? We, what was left over, we ended up... We had friends in the neighborhood who took all of our food and cooked it and sent it back to the festival for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only because we have one person. We have a crazy producer the only guy who could have pulled that off. So that's fucking he's, he's, insane. He's, he's insane. Yeah, that's a movie. I mean, yeah. that's like a, yeah. a, like a Marx Brothers yeah. movie or something. <laughs> it's like a Three Stooges plot or something. It's yeah. like I Love Lucy when she's on the conveyor belt. Totally. Fucking oh. chocolate. Oh yeah. Like you had to go to outsource the food to like friends yeah. in the neighborhood yeah. that were like cooking furiously. Yeah, just, we did. We, we had we had a food truck, two food trucks, pull up on the curb and start cooking for us. And other friends at a hamburger restaurant down the street supplied us with, you know, a thousand hamburgers. That's fucking amazing. Amazing. It's like a Benny Hill. Yakety sack. The best way that the the customers, the, the, the they never knew. They had no idea. They had, they had no, no idea. No idea was happening. That's perfect. It's like, it's like uh, it, all, it all happened a half an hour before doors. I literally, I was so relieved we got completely hammered after. And I remember, I, was, I have a, there's a picture of me somewhere. <laughs> I think there's a trend with you. <laughs> Your relationship to work and booze. <laughs> and what, what I've done. But I, I remember I took the proclamation, which is, if you know what a proclamation looks like, it's like, you know, it's uh, like. It's like a dead sea scroll or right. something. It, no, it's, a, it's like a frame piece of art. Uh-huh. And I had it, I had my lanyard, I hung it off my lanyard like Flavor Flav. This huge. How's <laughs> <laughs> your clock? And walked around with this, yeah, with this proclamation. Amazing. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Eric Andre. What is the guide to the layman? What is like the key to a, a successful hamburger? What do, what do you avoid? Is there like a list like don't do this, this, and this? And the, is there like a do try to do this, this, and this? Yeah, well, the big one everyone hates to hear, which is just to get ketchup off your burger for starters. You know, unless ketchup you're off your burger, yeah, unless you're combining it with like a sauce, like a mayo or mustard or something. Ketchup directly on a burger patty is the one of the worst things you could do to your burger. Why is that? Because it's too sweet. And it, uh-huh. it just it masks the beautiful flavor of grease, beef grease, <laughs> which is very important, I think. Um, and one other thing is just keep it simple. Uh, people screw up all the time and do not keep it simple. They put too much crap on there. They put they go nuts. They're all oh, you need truffle this and no, you know no, whatever. No. You don't need that. Yeah. So is, are pickles and onions okay? Pick, so onions are the first condiment ever. That's okay. the original condiment before there was obviously ketchup or anything else. Even yeah. Before there was even cheese. There were there. I mean, onions predate cheese by almost fifty years. Believe it or not, on a okay. burger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> onions for sure. Pickles for sure. Mustard is a great condiment on a burger. Can I mix mayo and ketchup? That's okay. Totally. Yeah. Okay. okay. I like I like barbecue sauce on a burger. Okay. It's not ketchup. What is the history of a hamburger? Does it have anything to do with Hamburg? Yes, it does. Is it from Hamburg, Ger- yeah. Germany? So Hamburg, Germany. Yes, the port town, the port town of Hamburg, Germany. Is that uh, where it started? I didn't. Well, uh, there's an idea of a Hamburg. It's called a Hamburg plate, or yeah. a ha- uh, steak in the style of Hamburg, was served on a plate yeah. and eaten with a knife and a fork. That came from Hamburg. Yeah. When it came to the U.S., of course, the Americans made it portable. Okay. And that's how it became. How Hamburg. old is it? It goes back. We don't know exactly, but we we have an idea that it goes back to somewhere in the 1880s. 1880s. Okay. 1880s. They're the first, the earliest written piece of information we have about the hamburger is 1894. Is hamburger named by Americans to be like, hey, these these Germans are bringing yeah. these things from Hamburg, or was it named in Hamburg as hamburgers? No, it was actually named in the U.S. as steak in the style of Hamburg. Uh huh. In it was actually named in New York. So if you're from Hamburg, Germany, you're a hamburger. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. It's one of the... really hungry right now. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the earliest ethnic foods in the U.S., actually. Think Interesting. <laughs> Hamburgers. Yeah. And then do you cook it in... I don't know how to make a hamburger at, at your level. Is it like cooked in tallow? But wait, wait, wait. My, animal my, fat? My level's not that not that high. <laughs> I think you're, I, I, I I think you're being humble. Is high. I, my, but I, I think don't you're being humble. Anybody can do this. Anybody can do it. Did you do it in tallow, or does it just cook in its own... Fat or what? It's own fat. That's, that's it's own fat. So you're gonna put but you put butter on no, it. But butter burns too fast. Or no butter. Yeah, the best thing to do is to take some uh, leftover tallow, which you have, or just a hamburger. If you have a nice seasoned pan, you put a burger in there. You're gonna and it has enough fat in it. Yeah. You're gonna create the perfect cooking environment for a hamburger. Okay. Every and, single time. And where do you get your? I don't know what's your like secret. So I don't. You don't have don't to have say anything. You don't have to answer anything you don't want to. But where do you get your meat? This is just for my own personal right. journey. <laughs> like, it's just I'm like going food shopping after this. Shopping after- <laughs> I'm following you home. Perfect, and- okay, you <laughs> following you to, to Whole Foods or whatever. Do you have like a secret meat source? So I do use a supplier in New Jersey uh, called Schweid and Sons. And I'm, I only throw the name out there because they supply all the five guys in the country. Uh-huh. And they only do one thing, which is ground beef. And that's it. That's why I use them. Uh-huh. They're fantastic. Also, they're one of the only companies that actually sell retail 7525 ground beef, which sounds, oh yeah, whatever. What the hell does that mean? Or why is that important? It's because it's a higher fat content than any other beef out there, uh, and fat is flavor. So it's all about the fat. Yeah. Do you put I, salt on the burger, or is it a fat? Only enough? salt. Salt, salt. is a cooking, a cooking element, yeah, but not as a flavor. So flavor they're, they're simplistic. The yeah. beauty of them yeah. is their simplicity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 
now that I'm fucking starving. Where <laughs> which, where should I order a burger from right now? What are your Ooh, burger wrecks? Oh, besides so yourself, Burger GPS right here. What is your what a little bit of a dead zone right oh, here? Really? What is your what are your favorite <laughs> New York burger spots? I like the, again the simple ones. I like JG Mellon. I'm a big fan of JG Mellon. JG Mellon. Love JG Mellon. It's okay. a simple burger. You know, I JG actually Mellon. like there's a lot of controversy, but I like I like Corner Bistro. But Corner Bistro, you have to go at like two o'clock in the morning when they're really cranking out burgers and making great burgers. Corner Bistro. Okay. Yeah, JG Mellon Corner Bistro. What about Minetta? Minetta's great. I love Minetta. It's a little expensive. It's the only problem I have with it. Yeah. Though it is a great, if you can afford it, hey, it's a great tasting burger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm fucking starving. <laughs> Sorry, me too a... now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You're right before lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm glad I had peanut butter toast. <laughs> what is your drink of choice? I'm a bit of a cocktailier. Me too. I love cocktails. I like Jameson, actually, is my was my whiskey of choice. But I also like, I love rye. I don't drink bourbon. I drink rye. I have a lot so of you're a whiskey guy. I'm a whiskey. rum guy. I'm oh, a big oh, rum guy. I mean, part I love, pirate. I love rum. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking good. I like dark and stormies. I, I, I have oh, to admit yeah. it. It yeah, tastes yeah. better when you're in the islands, though, unfortunately. But I also love go. beer. I'm a beer guy. I love beer so much. I don't drink beer typically unless I'm in the islands or Thailand. There's something about being sweaty. <laughs> Yes. And swampy <laughs> and on vacation and near a body of water. Yeah. That beer is like delicious to me. But oh, when wow. I drink in my normal life, beer fills me up too fast. <laughs> but true. rum and uh, rum cocktails, yeah. I, I'm I'm part pirate. I fucking Love a oh, I love, yeah, I love I love cocktails. I love making cocktails. Yeah, it's fun. I, I kind of picked up nut. the whole cocktail thing about four or five years ago, and I can't stop now. You ever do fat washing? You ever fuck with that? No, no I have not gone that far. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna take you to a fucking. Uh, there's a bar that does all fat washing, mm. clarified punches. Mm. So they'll put like tallow, yeah, heard of this, or yeah. olive oil, or bacon avocado fat. oil, or brown butter, or bacon fat, and you. You put it in the freezer with the booze overnight. It's about like four to one. So it's like whatever, four ounces of booze, one ounce of animal fat. Mm -hmm. Put it in the freezer overnight, agitate it, put it in the freezer overnight, get all the fat out of it. And what it does, it takes all of the um, bitter agents out of the alcohol and it infuses flavor. So like you do bacon fat whiskey, Yeah. you remove the fat the next day. The fat, all the the, um, tannins in the booze and everything that makes booze bitter attaches to the fat, you discard the fat, and then you have this like delicious velvety crystal clear. You put it in coffee filters over and over Ooh, again. Wow. You strain it yeah. over and over and over and over again. And you have this delicious velvety clear flavor infused spirit. And it's it's the best. Once I you have to really drink it. Once I when I, when I fucking talk about it, people are like, what the, what the fuck? Are you it sounds like a lot of it sounds like a lot of work. Sound, <laughs> yeah, I know. I sound like like Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> explaining a cocktail. But when you drink it, you're gonna be like, fuck, this is the best. Talk to Benny yeah. about it. Benny yeah, okay. Will, Benny will. Convert yeah, you. Sure. I converted Definitely. him, and he will convert uh-huh. you. There you go. Or we'll just drink some of it. I'm off the. I'm doing an ayahuasca retreat. I can't drink right now. Oh, okay. Good for you. I'm doing a fucking. I'm doing a, uh, a liver detox. Sorry to hear that. I mean, I, good to hear that. I wish that. Um, alcohol was good for you. I wish it was filled with vitamins <laughs> and not poison. Because <laughs> it's really fun. It's, it is a lot of fun. It makes it's the demons go away That's for right. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they always come back to haunt me. Eric Andre. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Anything you can think of, like the worst show you've ever seen? Just any, uh, anybody tank? This is a hard one to answer. It's people a tough one to answer, yeah. People don't always have an answer because yeah. most shows are fine. Most shows are fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I've seen a lot of bad shows. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of live music. You can you can, you can, you can protect music. the innocent. You can make a fake name, uh, but it would be more intriguing if you said the real name, but I I'm won't put thinking. any pressure on you. Let me think is about that. Is there any like, yeah. historic bump? I've seen a lot of comedians bump. I've seen comedians like get bottles thrown oh, yeah. at them on stage. So that's so tough. That's yeah. a tough job, man. Yeah, I, it I sucks. would not. I would not want to do that. Sorry. No, it's not a good idea. No, it's like acting, and then there's then there's comedian. It's like there's a whole different world out there. You right? are on stage with just a microphone. Yeah, convincing strangers to stop talking to each other, quiet <laughs> down, pay attention to you, and laugh out loud. Yeah. And you're a complete stranger. So you have to convince them instantly that you are likable and they want to be on your side and that you're funny. It's very um, tough. It's a pain in the ass. 
and I, I wouldn't wish it off my, yeah. on my worst enemy. And you're still doing it. I'm still doing it for some reason. <laughs> Let's just keep that why. clear. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was an oligarch or something so I could yeah. just retire and live on a tomato farm in Italy. But, but you'd still go back to it. All these guys go back to it, right? Yeah, it looks it's like. It's a sickness. It's a sickness, right? It's you still sickness. go back. I mean, like, even Seinfeld went back to it, didn't he? We, we did not get enough hugs from our dad. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Our dad didn't play catch with yeah. us, and now we have to burden the world with our bullshit. There you have it. Yeah, yeah. With our observations. Gives a shit. I can't think of a band. I'm sorry. I cannot think. I'm trying to think. I've, I love music so much. I'm, the ones I have seen, it's just not even worth bringing up that I, are not good. I, was, I, saw, I saw Pixies and uh, Weezer together. It was oh. a great show. Weezer did a great show. Pixies also did a great show, but you could tell that Frank Black was pissed off. Oh, no. There was something wrong. Because oh, no. he was pissed. He was the opening act, I guess. And we're all in the audience. Well, I mean, what's he should have figured that out ahead of the tour. Went on first. That's what I said. I was like, what's happening? It was great to see him, but it was like, I feel bad. It was like not really a great show. Unfortunately, like how was he being? Uh, he was being curmudgeon he, he, he in between. He was yelling at people in the audience. And, you know, it was like literally, <laughs> which is normal for him. <laughs> it's like, but just not. You know, I can tell he was not in a good mood. You know? Yeah, like, kind of, it rubs off on the audience. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. a little tough. And Weezer came out and everyone rushed the stage. I'm sure he saw that. You know, and it probably didn't help. Well, <laughs> fuck man, come on, like you know. We're all uh, I mean, Interpol. The another champagne problem. Interpol. How was that? Uh, that was actually. I saw them also bomb at a show. I forgot about them. Yeah. Interpol. <laughs> what happened? I just. They just. They seemed like they were not playing together. They were not. They were on stage oh. uh, fighting with each other. Oh. Yeah. So not with us. Just with them. They I were would fighting. Live to fucking do that. <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins used to fight on stage. That's true. They all on stage. Screaming uh, matches. I'm, on stage. I'm partially deaf because of because of a Smashing Pumpkins show at the Garden for sure. Oh fuck. For sure. It took a few years off your eardrums. Oh, no, I can. They're ringing right now yeah, that nice. sucks that's rough yeah. <laughs> that's rough Beastie Boys Ooh. took the Bad Brains on tour with them and Bad Brains oh. and Jennifer Bad Brains took his mic stand and bashed somebody in the face I remember this yeah. Yeah. Beastie Boys were like you're off the tour oh. that's a major liability we can't you can't do that <laughs> you can't assault the audience <laughs> like how about, the, how about a lot of trouble here how about the fact that Beastie Boys opened for Madonna you know that yeah back in the day that's I just read the Beastie Boys book Oh, you did. That's, that's amazing, fun. right? What a, what a concert to catch. <laughs> I never, I didn't. What a moment in time, the Venn diagram of oh. Beastie Boys and Madonna fans. <laughs> I met Madonna recently. Oh, wow. And I played Truth or Dare with her and some other folks. Yeah. And, uh. Oh, I saw that. I did see this. Okay. I did, yes. Good. And it was very intimidating, <laughs> but it was very, it was very, I mean, she's a, you know, a legend. And she goes, what's your name? And I went, my name's Eric Andre. She goes, do you know my name? And I went, Madonna Shikoni. And like everybody's like, oh shit, you said her last name. Everyone's like, yeah. She kind of liked that I knew her last name. She was like, oh shit. But doesn't somebody dare her to go on tour and she did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was like <laughs> duped into a PR stunt, basically. Yeah, yeah. I was like <laughs> eating dinner next door. This guy was like, you want to go uh, play Truth or Dare Madonna? And we were all like, fuck yeah. And then a few comedians I was with, they were, they were like, why are there cameras everywhere? Oh, there you go. I don't know, it's Madonna. <laughs> and then I saw a few comedians slink away, and I was like, oh, yeah. But yeah. whatever, it's Madonna. Good stuff. It's Madonna. Good stuff. You got to play Truth or Dare. Absolutely. You got to look back on your life, be on your deathbed, and go, I played Truth or Dare with Madonna. Exactly. Whether no. it's a PR stunt or no, not. No, about the PR stunt of the cameras, right? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Every day, life's a PR stunt. Life's one PR stunt after the next. I don't know what that means, but. George, what do you got coming up for us, my man? I'm opening a restaurant. Okay. What's yeah. it called? It's called Hamburger America. Where's it going to be? Soho. I live uh, in NoHo. There you go. Soho to NoHo. Hamburger America. Yeah, okay. which is also the name of my book. The original film that I made, the documentary film, is also called Hamburger America. This oh. is called The Great American Burger Book. Can I eat your hamburgers? Absolutely, yes. Okay, perfect. I'm Definitely there. Food. 
for sure. Uh, you, you'll never get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a parasite. <laughs> George, thanks so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. with Eric Andre. Bombing with Eric Andre is brought to you by Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network and iHeart Podcast. Executive produced by Han Sani, Olivia Aguilar, edited and sound designed by Andy Harris, and our art is by Dylan Vandenberg. If you want to confess to your own bombing moments or give us a shout out, go rate us five stars and drop a review on your podcast app of choice. Write about your own stories of bombing at life. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe to Big Money Players Diamond to get exclusive bonus content with every episode and listen to all my episodes ad-free. Bye-bye! Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.